Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbuster. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's logged over 20 visits to Target stores in the last three weeks, but can now say that when it comes to Hasbro Ghostbusters releases, it's collected them all. I'm Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet, and while I'm not sure that's an actual achievement, I am sure that this week we're catching up with Nick Ferrara and Greg Ectotech Hilliard, who are the keepers of the Ecto 1NJ. That's the authentic replica of the Ecto 1 from New Jersey. And Greg and Nick and the Ecto 1NJ spent some time over the last six weeks in Chicago at Wonderverse, promoting the grand opening there. They were also attendees at the grand opening party where they met McKenna Grace and Eric Reich and some folks from the Ghostbusters fandom, and they have some great stories to share with us this week. It's always fun to talk with uh, Nick and Greg in the chat with them because they always have some fun things to talk about, such as this opening for Wonderverse, as well as their ghost tour events uh, in New York City that they held back in the Halloween season. We last got to talk with Nick and Greg back on episode 48, so it's great to be able to catch up with them here on episode 67, nearly 20 episodes later, uh, and to find out a bit about what they've been doing since we last spoke with them uh, when they were uh, a part of the Game Changer Wrestling uh, pay-per-view where they came out and were the valet for Matt Cardona. So uh, it's a great conversation that I got to have with Nick and Greg, and we're going to get into that in a few moments. But before we do, uh, it was a pretty big news week with a lot of information revealed about Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, as well as information about toys we've all been chasing over the last few weeks. So there's a pretty significant headline segment, uh, you know, that's going to be coming up here. But I want to give you a quick heads up that you may want to skip over the beginning of the headline segment, like probably at least 15 minutes uh, after I start it. If you are trying to go into the new Frozen Empire movie completely blank slate, uh, because there's a lot of stuff to unpack that happened in the last week. I'm sure that if you listen to this podcast, you probably know that. I, I wonder how many people out there really are trying to remain completely spoiler free at this point who also tune into a you know two hour Ghostbusters podcast every week. But, uh, you know, if you're into finding out what's going to be revealed, uh, you know, since last episode, then feel free to join in as we dig into Ghostbusters headlines. But if you're not, uh, feel free to take your off ramp now. OK, uh, so. Uh, if you're taking the off ramp, we'll see you again in 20 minutes. And if you're not, then join me in Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Fun in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. So first up in Ghostbusters headlines, it's been a very busy news week with respect to Frozen Empire, as we just noted. Uh, first, Sony released a video stream on YouTube this past week celebrating 100 years of Columbia Pictures, uh, and they did that with a bunch of trailers. Essentially, they put out a live stream that had, or rather, a, not even a live stream so much as it was just a watch-along stream, with 100 trailers all in a row, and at the end of it, Gil Kennan and Jason Reitman were featured, saying they were, quote-unquote, so inspired by the trailers that we all just watched, uh, and that they were, quote-unquote, speaking of that trailer, 
uh, going to have one of our own to share with you, right? So uh, on the heels of that video, Ghostbusters News then reported that the British Board of Film Classification had posted a new set of ratings for trailers, including a trailer for a two-minute Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer that we haven't seen yet. So this further fed the notion that we would see a trailer pretty damn imminently, that it was potentially going to happen last week. And if that wasn't enough to build the anticipation for it, Empire Magazine turned around and released social media posts of their logo frozen over with text indicating to expect a release of something at 5 p.m. the next day, or rather 5 p.m. GMT, uh, rather than 5 p.m. everywhere, uh, because, you know, that's where Empire is published, is where we're in Greenwich Mean Time over there. So uh, this, of course, led everybody to conclude that we'd see a trailer at 5 p.m. GMT, uh, which we now, of course, know didn't happen. And instead, what we were treated to instead is a reveal that the March edition of Empire Magazine will be a deep dive, or rather will include a deep dive, into Ghostbusters Frozen Empire with exclusive cast and director and producer interviews, two variant glow-in-the-dark covers, tons of photos. I mean, it looks to be an, a great issue, especially if you're a Ghostbusters collector, uh, because, you know, this reminds me of, like, sort of the magazines that you would see 20 or 30 years ago when a major blockbuster movie was coming out because you don't see this kind of magazine coverage uh, the same way anymore, especially because it's going to feature a whole bunch of interviews and one on ones with folks in the movie. But perhaps, you know, most notably what we got from this were two gl glimpses of the covers for these uh, magazines. And as a result of those covers, you know, one showed the new Ghostbusters family, you know, sort of the Spangler family uh, out suited up, ready to bust ghosts, but the others showed the OG Ghostbusters. And beyond showing the, you know, three remaining original Ghostbusters in flight suits, we also got to see one other OG favorite, uh, Janine Melnitz, dressed in khakis uh, and boots and ready to finally bust ghosts in a cinematic release. I'll be direct real quick, like, this is awesome, not only because it means we're going to get to see Janine finally bust ghosts, and but it also is awesome because... Afterlife really underutilized Annie Potts. I, I imagine there was more shot with her that didn't make it into the film. And it's going to be wonderful to see her bring the dynamic of Janine in the firehouse to a new generation of ghostbusting and ghostbusters. Uh, so I'm really stoked about this. Like we didn't get enough Janine in the last movie. So to see Annie Potts return and not just return, but also have a role on the team as one of the OGs is very exciting. Over the next few days, Empire went on to tease content from the upcoming issue via a series of articles on their website authored by Ben Travis, and each of these re revealed some new information about the upcoming movie. Uh, with respect to Annie Potts and her return to the firehouse, Travis noted that Potts describes the movie's plot a bit, saying, quote-unquote, it's a desperate situation, so it's all hands on deck. It turns out Janine is quite capable, as most women tend to be when given the chance. However, Travis noted that it was also not something originally conceived of in the script for Janine to fight, you know, ghosts and bust ghosts as a ghostbuster. Uh, Potts is actually quoted in the article saying, It came as a real surprise. We were weeks into shooting and Gil came up to me and said, We think it's time. We're going to have you suit up. She further goes on to say, I have to say I did get a kick out of it. Janine has served long and well, and I felt like she was finally getting her stripes, you know? She's clearly stayed in touch with the guys, and she's really been the keeper of the flame at the firehouse. The Ghostbusters are kind of superheroes, so it's very nice to finally be seen in that way, too. 
Uh, and she goes on to say that she has been given equipment to bust ghosts with, but she does say, quote unquote, it's not a proton pack. Thank God I did not have to put that on because they're murderously heavy and us OGs are getting on a bit. Uh, so we will see Janine involved in busting ghosts, likely with some new piece of equipment that we have not seen before. Uh, and to me, that's awesome. I think it's interesting that this is something that seemed to have developed on set. It's also kind of interesting to think about how uh, fluid the script may have been while filming was going on, given that the writer and director, uh, you know, and co-writer were working on set together while producing this thing. And given that they were racing the deadline of the writer strike. Uh, so I'm going to be sort of eager to know more about that story after we see the movie to know how it is that we came to Janine being added in the film in this way. And if it happened off the cuff on the fly in a second teaser article uh, for the world exclusive March edition of Empire. Travis touches base with Jason Reitman and Dan Aykroyd, revealing some additional details about who some of our new cast members are, uh, as well as what some of the, our older cast members have been up to. Uh, so Travis writes in this article, joining the cast this time are the likes of Patton Oswald as Dr. Hubert Wartsky which we don't really know what he's a doctor of yet, but presumably parapsychology or the paranormal. Kumail Nanjiani as Nadim Razmadi, which it's not really explained what he is or what his role is, but the person who is focused on most, perhaps because Empire is you know, a British magazine and James Acaster is a British actor or comedian, uh, is the role that's being given of Lars Pinfield, uh, who is described as a man responsible for some of the fresh tech being funded by Ernie Hudson's Winston, and he's set to fit firmly into the Ghostbusters universe, as Travis puts it. He then quotes Jason Reitman, who says, James is not playing a Spangler, but he really falls in line with the Egon Spangler type. Uh, so James Acaster, who is you know well-known in Britain as a comedian and a podcaster, apparently will be playing a research scientist of some sort, uh, who's going to be working to develop some of the new technology that's seen in the research and development lab uh, that we have, know exists, uh, you know, at this point, largely because the plot synopsis says so. And because there's a USA Today photo we're going to talk about in a few moments that also illustrates a piece of this. More details are made apparent regarding Ray Stance and his relationship with the Ghostbusters as well. Uh, and we also find out a bit about what podcast is doing in NYC at the Firehouse. Aykroyd told Empire in at least one of these articles, uh, Ray's been retired. He's got fitness problems, insurance problems. Winston's the shot caller now, and he decides Ray should step back from the ghostbusting front line and just be an advisor. Ray does not like this. Gozer's gone, but there's an equally terrible threat emerging from Queens by way of the Indus Valley, and Ray wants to be out there driving the Cadillac. At the same time, uh, it seems that Ray will serve a role in helping to uh, develop podcast as a paranormal investigator or commentator. And Aykroyd further explains that, quote, Ray and podcast are buddies. Ray's a mentor to him. He's renting Ray's business to shoot an Instagram series called Repossessed, where people bring in objects they think are haunted. And Phoebe's in her element. She's now ghost busting on a totally different scale to what she was doing in Oklahoma. I love this idea that podcast actually does not go into becoming a Ghostbuster hands-on necessarily, but instead continues to be a podcaster or a live streamer who essentially starts, a, you know, uh, an antique roadshow for the haunted items and brings them to raise a cult. This could be a thing if you actually think about it of how like you take raise a cult and make it profitable as you connect it to a viral web series 
that's run by, uh, you know, kids who are well-spoken and interesting. I'm just saying, um, Ray, if you're listening, Winston, if you're listening, if you got to figure out how to fix the situation with Ray's not turning a profit, this is how you do it. Maybe it does happen in the movie. We'll see. (laughs) But in a third article, Travis weaves quotes from Jason Reitman and Gil Kennan to discuss the upcoming film's influences. With respect to Kennan and his desire to fuse elements of the real Ghostbusters into the new film, Travis writes, The creatures of Frozen Empire actually take influence from a different kind of Ghostbusters adventure, specifically late 80s animated series The Real Ghostbusters, and Kennan comments that he's drawing from its quote-unquote wild original and weird-as-fuck villains. Uh, He claims that it is a show that unleashed such oddities as a were-chicken, a boogeyman, and an alternate reality with people busters. Uh, and so Kenan goes on to say, we wanted to bring that show's looseness and fearlessness to this movie. I think it's going to surprise people just how big this film in. And then Travis goes on to add that Jason Reitman sought to bring the feel of coming of age comedies and family tensions into the mix. Quoting Reitman as saying, John Hughes was a big touchstone. That thing of a family living in a station wagon, living in a crumbling home, the teenagers kicking back against their parents. Trevor's 18 now, so he's like, I'm an adult. There's even a bit of Wes Anderson in there somewhere, too. We wanted that Royal Tannenbaum's thing of a family living on top of each other, but in the Ghostbusters firehouse. We see the firehouse way more than in any previous Ghostbusters film. What's it like to sleep there? To do laundry there? What's the attic like? Now I'm going to say this. I jokingly said, like, months ago, that I would be totally fine if this was a movie that took place entirely in the firehouse, like if it was a bottle episode that mostly took place in the firehouse and that little piece there, like what's it like to do laundry in the firehouse suggests to me, like maybe that's what we're going to see a lot of is actually a movie that's really centered around the firehouse and that the code name was not misleading us in any way, shape or form from what it was. Uh, so I have to say, like, those touchstones, those influences are something I think can really add to Ghostbusters and also, like, keep the comedy fresh, but by the same token, not, you know, replay the old kind of comedy we expect from the OGs, but instead kind of bring in these vibes of family films, of a John Hughes movie. I think about the last movie as being sort of a love letter in some way to Amblin films. So if this movie is in some ways a love letter to John Hughes and Wes Anderson in terms of how it constructs family dynamic and comedy. I think that can really work. I, I'm really interested to see this beyond just the fact that it's a Ghostbusters movie, knowing those influences are there. And while the Empire preview has given us a few covers to look at and some set photos to take a look at that you can find pretty easily on their social media or over at Ghostbusters News, because that's always convenient. An additional reveal of the film from this past week came from USA Today. In a quick blurb discussing upcoming movies in 2024, USA Today included a photo of Gary Gruberson and Callie Spengler inspecting what appears to be a freezing and damaged containment unit, something that would link pretty significantly to the final moments of Afterlife's after credits tease of an issue with the containment unit at the end of that film. So there's a lot to unpack from this week. Um, you know, everything from the new characters we're going to see, Janine's role as a Ghostbuster, and the imminence of a trailer. So uh, let's sort of just say this. I've already covered that the Janine thing is awesome. I'm so excited that Annie Potts is going to be back and in a more significant role in this film than she was in the last one. She was a missing piece in terms of uh, revitalizing or kicking Ghostbusters back off. We saw her for all of like two minutes at the beginning of a movie, and then we didn't see her again for the rest of the film. So 
I'm totally excited that she's going to be involved and have a much greater role this time around. Beyond that, I think the influences that are talked about in these articles are great. I'm so excited to see, uh, you know, sort of a relationship between Dan Aykroyd and Logan Kim on screen to see how their chemistry is going to play out. Those final scenes in Afterlife where they find out, you know, that they appreciate each other's stuff so much is something that I really love. And if you've heard me talk about this on this podcast in the past, I love the relationship between podcast and Phoebe. I think their friendship is so cool and organic and just like a natural friendship of two weird kids, uh, you know, that I would have formed when I was 12. So I think those characters are great. Knowing they're back and going to have some development is really awesome. So the piece here where I'm not really sure about is when are we getting this trailer? Uh, it's got to happen soon, right? We know it's been raided, which means it's been it's done. And we know it probably was, you know, maybe potentially going to come out after that hundred uh, trailer video on YouTube and just got pushed for whatever reason. Maybe it hadn't been rated yet and it needed to wait a day. Maybe it hasn't had its U.S. rating. Who knows? But are we going to see a trailer probably in the next week or two? Uh, my money's on yes. I, I don't know that for sure. I don't have any inside knowledge, but I think we're going to probably see a trailer probably within the next week or two, because if you really get down to it, we are now like less than 70 days away from this picture coming out, right? We are talking about a movie that's coming out on the 22nd of March. And as you download the podcast on release day, you're getting it on the 17th of January. And keep in mind that February is a short month. It is longer this year because it's a leap year, but it's still a short month. So you're really a mere at this point, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks away from being able to see this movie. Two months. Is that right? Uh, I could be wrong. I don't do math so well, everybody, especially when I count things on the calendar while I record. But the point is that you are at this point about two months away from a movie, uh, maybe a little more by a couple days. So there's got to be a trailer that drops on us pretty soon. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll get to talk about one next week or the week after, if not next week. But there's a lot here uh, that seems really exciting and fun. And we haven't even gotten into like none of this stuff from Empire is the stuff that's like, what's going on with the big bad? Where does it come from? You know, how does it manifest? We're not even in that. We're just talking about the fun parts of like who our you know, big cast of characters are. And I was thinking about this today that, um, this is arguably the Ghostbusters movie with the largest cast we've ever seen. The largest cast of Ghostbusters, of Ghostbusters-related family people, etc. And I'm interested to see how that plays out. Uh, Ghostbusters has typically been something that when you get down to it, kind of as an intimate cast of characters that you follow, and then a lot of little like character actors and side people who we chase down because we're like, hey, that person was a Harry Krishna in Ghostbusters. Um, but there's a lot, there's a pretty finite group, you know, of people who you can say represent the core of telling a story in the Ghostbusters universe. Uh, there's probably maybe, you know, eight or nine of them at most that you would say are folks who are key and needed. Let's say like, you know, uh, you need Venkman, you'd need Spangler, you'd need Stance, you'd need Winston, maybe Dana that gets you to five. Janine and Lewis gets you to seven, right? Uh, if you now want to go into stretching it, you could be like, we need to bring Oscar back. <laughs> but, but like the point is that like Ghostbusters has really been about seven or eight people, uh, you know, if you add in like Walter Peck, for instance, as an example, or the mayor, I mean, these are smaller characters in that universe, 
But this is going to be a movie that has way more people in it who are actually Ghostbusters and related to Ghostbusters as an organization. And I'm really excited to see what that's going to look like. I think it's going to be really cool. So I think we did it. I think that we got it under 20 minutes uh, in terms of making sure that anybody who tuned out to be clear of spoilers uh, wouldn't get them. So we'll put a pin in the discussion of Frozen Empire here so that that way folks can come back and begin listening to the podcast who are staying free and clear of it. But rest assured, we get a trailer. We're going to talk about that pretty in depth and you'll probably get a uh, trailer reaction episode of Extraplasm to go along with it. So keep your eyes and ears open uh, and hopefully we'll see a trailer for the movie soon. Let's talk about merchandise for a few minutes. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is Hasbro stuff. If you've been looking for something from Hasbro, then it's probably now available for pre-order at Entertainment Earth, with the exception of the Kenner Classics Fright Features figures. And that is because those figures are, of course, a Target in-store exclusive until April, as was reported by Ghostbusters News uh, via Emily Bader, who is uh, one of the the managers over at Hasbro who works to uh, promote that brand and to promote this particular line. Uh, She had posted to the Ghostbusters subreddit illustrating and explaining that this would be a exclusive for Target, at least until April. Uh, There was a point where when the things went live on Entertainment Earth on Monday of this week where you could pre-order those figures and it said they would be available for February. It was an error. They have been removed from the website. And if you manage to get a pre-order in, then Uh, you should expect you're going to get those figures in April and the rest of your stuff will arrive in February. But I will say this. I have been literally, as you heard me say at the top of the podcast, to Target like 20 times in the last three weeks. And I have four Targets that happen to be between my house and my job. They're all in a straight line. It's a weird thing. Uh, Southern California is a weird place. And we think you need a Target like every six miles. In the case of the town my job is in, we needed two Targets a mile and a half from each other. But I digress. Uh, When you have to hunt for toys, this is really useful. And I can tell you that for weeks, there have been literally no contemporary fright features in my store and at best one Kenner Classics figure at a time. But the Ecto collection has been a thing that's been relatively easy to find, but only in like lots of five or six, never the whole 12 case box. Um, That appears to have shifted (laughs) as of the Entertainment Earth release and what might have been, you know, just kind of like a planned release date for by the 16th, uh, you know, to start the Tuesday of this week with in stock stuff in stores. Uh, every store that I hit out of the four had stuff in stock. And in fact, one of the stores I went to had 16 of the contemporary fright features in stock, meaning they had two full cases of eight. So if you are having looking in Target for the last few weeks, pulling your hair out, I know you're going to hate hearing this, but go back this week because it seems like that stock is finally hitting the toy racks. Uh, and is getting unboxed and put on shelves if it was already in the back. And if it wasn't, it seems like it's finally getting off of trucks. It seems really likely that a lot of stuff came into targets in distribution tubs, uh, meaning that they are like reusable, foldable cardboard boxes that a warehouse says, oh, this store gets three of this and four of this. So they were not cases coming in from Hasbro Direct, but encountering 16 figures, uh, eight, eight, you know, in a case, So two cases all at once with an even distribution of each of the characters, as I did (laughs) yesterday, kind of tells me that it looks like maybe the distribution strategy is shifting from, hey, what's in the distribution tubs to, hey, what cases are coming in? So I don't know that for sure. I don't work at Target. I don't, you know, work at Hasbro, but I do hunt for toys uh, quite a bit and I'm done (laughs) with this round for sure. But 
Uh, if you know we get more information about what's going on with those toys from Hasbro as they comes as it comes available, be sure you're following Extra Plasm on social media because uh, if you've noticed over the last few weeks, I've tried to give you as much information as I can about where things are coming in stock so you can grab it easily and reduce the stress of your toy hunt. Uh, beyond the Hasbro stuff that we've all been looking for, though, there's a few other things that are coming out that we can get excited about. If you're a person who likes red parkas and has been like really on the fence about whether or not you should spend somewhere in the ballpark of $2,000 to buy yourself a screen accurate, you know, uh, Wuxley red parka, then I have news for you. Uh, you don't need to spend $2,000 probably um, because Wuxley has announced or at least teased on their social media uh, with the following statement that they're going to be doing something. And they've said, as the officially licensed partner of the Ghostbusters New Frozen Empire movie, we are excited to introduce our upcoming capsule collection. This collaboration has been our best kept secret and we can't wait to share it with everyone very soon. So the implication there being that Wuxley may be producing a version of the parka that is not designed to be an Antarctica um, that you could wear as a piece of cosplay kit as opposed to uh, a survival tool. Uh, but whether or not that's the case, what it is for sure is not really known at this point. If you want to know more, make sure you're following Wuxley over on social media because it seems likely they're going to make a reveal in the next few uh, weeks, given that the movie's coming and they're going to want to be on top of that if they did, in fact, develop a capsule collection to go along with the movie that features their coat. Uh, Ghostbusters mini tubs ducks are now available from Just Geek as well as at Five Below stores. If you're not sure what these are, you may remember that there's tubs ducks. They are uh, like ducks that are dressed like Ghostbusters. And shout out to Jason Fitzsimmons, who explained this to me, because I at one point didn't understand why the ducks were Ghostbusters. And then he explained that they're basically ducks that are wearing cosplay, which I guess makes more sense. Uh, but there is now miniature versions of those that are half the size of the original regular sized uh, versions. And that means that the Stay Puff duck they have out, for instance, this is about two inches in height. The uh, these are available from either Just Geek, as I said, or if you go to five below stores, you can find them. I think they retail for about eight ninety nine a piece. So not really outside the scope of something like the Ecto collection, which has been running for seven ninety nine. If you're into that um, again, I still find myself a little confused by tubs ducks, but I at least appreciate what they're supposed to be at this point. And if you're in a person who's into collecting vinyl figures and you like rubber ducks, then these are definitely for you and they're quite affordable and quite cute if you're going to be real about it. I just didn't get what they were when they came out. Uh, there is a, a release that has happened now in North America that already happened overseas, and that is that the Heroes of Gujitsu Ghostbusters Squishy Stay Puffed is now available on Amazon in North America for $13.99. Uh, you should go buy one of these. I did. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, it is my new stress toy. I don't know how I haven't like owned something like this in my life. Like I've seen stress balls before, but like imagine if you combined uh, a squeezable stress ball along with Stretch Armstrong, but then you made it in the shape of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And that's exactly what it is. It's the greatest thing. Uh, you can stretch it, you can pull it and he goes right back to being in form. And I have to say, he does not stand up well because he's made entirely of, you know, gel inside of some sort of rubber uh, you know, a uh, suit essentially for the gel inside that re holds its shape and comes back together. So he doesn't stand well, but I don't care um, because he's really fun and really stretchy and feels like you're squeezing a marshmallow. And uh, to be real, 
he's arguably the most physically accurate, not in terms of like his size, but I mean, in terms of physics, how does the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man hold himself up? He's a bunch of gelatinous goo that just walks around. So I'm giving this a pass, even though it doesn't stand, because let's be real, without the power of psychokinetic energy, Stay Puft wouldn't be able to stand. Um, and this toy doesn't come with PKE installed, so um, you'll have to add your own. But I do, I have to say, this thing's a lot of fun for something dopey. It is my new fidget toy. And when I record Extra Plasma and do interviews, I have a terrible habit of playing with stuff on my desk. This is my new thing. It's silent, it makes no noise, and it totally is stress relieving. So if you're into stuff like that, if you like having little stress toys around and you love Ghostbusters, check out the Heroes of Gujitsu Stay Puffed. I know that's not why they designed it. They designed it as part of a toy line that has lots of different characters that are stretchy. But for you, the adult listener of a podcast, that is entirely what it's for. Uh, Outside of toy news, last September, uh, Ghostbusters news let us all know about uh, the potential forthcoming Frozen Empire theater items, meaning popcorn bags, cups, drink toppers all those great things. And at the time, we didn't know what they were going to look like. We just knew there were potential descriptions of things. In fact, one of those things may have been uh, a ghost trap shaped popcorn bucket, which has not turned up to this point. Uh, and a shout out goes to Mr. Michael T. Michael Tanaka, who provided this information to Ghostbusters News and who also on a regular basis provides information to Extraplasm. Uh, so shout out to Michael. Thank you. Uh, so Jason at Ghostbusters News has a good write-up of this. He says that he doesn't know if we'll be getting those popcorn containers that are shaped like ghost traps or a firehouse, as you know people had been talking about. But he does know that there are a variety of different items going to be available. There's a metal popcorn bucket. Uh, there are different Ecto-1 and No Ghost logo bags and folding boxes and cups that are going to be available at theaters. The Cinemark exclusive Stay Puffed bucket. Uh, that you may remember from the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife release, apparently will be back. I don't know if that means it's going to be a Cinemark exclusive again, uh, or if it's going to be more widely available. But I will tell you a fun fact is that um, that bucket is actually developed in my town, which I did not know until after I got one and flipped it over and went, huh, who knew? The company that made this is actually like pretty close by. Um, So... I'm kind of excited about that because it may mean that a local business in my town is continuing to do well with the connection to Ghostbusters, but I digress. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of new um, you know, options for you if you're going out to the theater to see this movie and you like to collect the theater stuff like popcorn bags and buckets and stuff. I don't know if we're going to get another set of plushies like we did with the last movie. You may recall that AMC had a big movie uh, merchandise website, and I'm not sure if that's going to happen this time around. But uh, if you want to take a look at some of the options that may be out there at your theater, head over to Ghostbusters News. Jason's got great coverage of this uh, based off of the information that Michael provided to him. And, uh, you know, it comes from PCO, the uh, theater vendor who actually produces this stuff from their catalog. So hop over to Ghostbusters News to see what's available. You can start getting excited about uh, what you're going to need to go chase, uh, you know, what potential exclusive popcorn bucket you need to be in line for. Please not again. Um, let's not do that again. Let's not do the Ecto-1 bucket again where we're all like, there are five of them at this AMC and you need to be in line first. But oh, wait, we're going to release them on the Internet next month. And um, let's not do that. But um, go take a look at what Jason has available or rather what Jason's covered. He doesn't have it available. He doesn't make this stuff. He just reports on it. 
Department 56, the company that makes all the little Christmas village stuff and that has made the Ghostbusters figurines uh, to go along with the holiday season for the last couple waves of it, are now going to be releasing another wave of their figurines in May uh, that will be out for the 40th anniversary of the franchise. The new figures coming to the line are Dana, uh, which will be priced at $34.99, the uh, Zool Terror Dog, which will be priced at uh, $47.99 and has a matching base that goes along with it. And finally, uh, there is a containment unit and a Ghostbuster uh, who's unloading a trap. It's not really clear who that Ghostbuster is as much as it's a Ghostbuster. Uh, but these are, of course, little tiny ceramic sculpted figures that you would put in your uh, Christmas village display. Uh, that's why they are pricey, because they are collectibles. They're definitely something that if you're into that, you should take a look at. I have to admit, I haven't picked these up because um, I'm a person who likes to be incredibly tacky at Christmas. And a Christmas village would just be way too classy, even if it had Ghostbusters in it. Um, but they're pretty cool. Uh, and I know folks who have picked them up have been really happy with them. And I've seen uh, some really cool holiday season photos uh, using those from this past holiday season as decor. So feel free to check those out. Uh, you can, of course, get those at Big Bad Toy Store right now. They're available for pre-order. Uh, if you can't find them there for some reason, you can hit up Ghostbusters News to find the links uh, in Jason's coverage. Last few things we have to talk about as merch this week are unofficial merch items, and they're not so much new items as much as they are reminders, and make sure you do it if you want to get it done. Uh, the first of these is that if you're interested in Ghostbusters autographs and you'd like to pick up an autograph from McKenna Grace or Finn Wolfhard via the containment unit, uh, they are going to be closing their signing on Sunday the 21st. It's your last opportunity to get on board. The cost for a McKenna Grace autograph is $60 plus shipping. The cost for a Finn Wolfhard autograph is $90 plus shipping. The cost for the two of them together, do the math. <laughs> but essentially, this is an opportunity to get something signed uh, and to certainly get two of them to sign uh, something together. This is always the challenge of doing a project is trying to get two of the principal actors in a movie. And this is your chance to get something signed by both of the Spangler uh, kids from Afterlife and obviously from Frozen Empire. Uh, so this is something that if you want to get done, you need to act pretty quickly because again, it closes on the 21st. That's Sunday. If you're interested, go over to TCU collectibles on Facebook to read the information and see what eight by 10 photos are available. And you can place your order via ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. That is the only way to place an order. Don't leave comments over on the containment unit, uh, Facebook group that won't get your order done. Make sure that you reach out to Matt Sanders via ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com to get your order in. Uh, the second thing to remind you of is that the Phantasm Toys Vigo figure is still available for purchase and pre-order. Uh, you can go and grab that now. Remember that that is available in both a uh, six-inch format for uh, six-inch and five-and-a-half-inch action figures that comes with an altar. It's also available in XL format that doesn't come with an altar, but is still pretty damn big. Um, and will go really nicely with your Diamond Select figures and other figures that are bigger. Again, grab those from PhantasmToys.com before they're not available. They will disappear pretty soon. And the final thing I want to tell you about, uh, sort of in Ghostbusters headlines, that's my fun thing for the week, is I have talked about this in the past, and I teased it uh, way back in the Scrooged episode when Jason Fitzsimmons was on doing the commentary that not everybody necessarily listened to because it wasn't a Ghostbusters thing, but... Um, <laughs> Jason has been building an enormous uh, Ghostbusters firehouse with his 3D printer for the last few months, and I have been 
uh, privy to this project as it has unfurled and been completely amazed by it so much that I just want a $1,500 3D printer now and don't know why I buy action figures. <laughs> but uh, he has been using files from Ghostbusters gear, uh, who you can find out on social media and you can subscribe to their Patreon and get 3D files from them. But you've got to see this firehouse. It's like the Kenner firehouse, but like upgraded and way better and taller and bigger and doesn't have the you know limitations of not being able to fit your Ecto-1 through the door with the gear installed on top of it, etc. Uh, it's amazing. And Jason's got a great video over on YouTube where he exhibits this thing and shows off what he has built. I, I can't stress enough that like if you're a Ghostbusters fan and you like toys and collectibles and action figures, you have to see this thing. Like part of me wants to get it and turn it into a cat house um, for my cat and just be like, we're going to build this, make a cat scratcher and do some cool stuff with it. But it's awesome. Um, and it's really made me start thinking between the proton pack that he built uh, a few months ago real Ghostbusters, as well as this project, why I don't have a 3D printer. I like why I haven't made that investment because with the amount of money I spend on collectibles and stuff, I could be making some myself, right? Uh, so if you're into this kind of thing, if you just want to see a really cool firehouse that you would like go, wow, why doesn't Hasbro make something like that? Go take a look at Ghostbusters News YouTube uh, and take a look at Jason's video uh, on that firehouse. Okay. So a bit of a long news segment this week, um, you know, but we've had some pretty short ones recently because we've been waiting for this moment when we would get to all the, you know, important news and there would be lots to talk about. So uh, it's a good thing, even though we had a bit of a long news segment. But we're going to go now uh, to my conversation with Nick Ferrara and Greg, the Ectotech Hilliard, uh, as we discuss a bit about what they and the Ecto-1NJ have been up to, how their Ghostbusters, uh, you know, promotional support for the Wonderverse went, as well as their ghost tours, and what they may have in store for 2024. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast, returning from the great windy city of Chicago after uh, time away, although I think one of these people is actually still there, <laughs> Greg Hilliard and Nick Ferrara, the uh, team behind Ecto-1NJ. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? Oh, good, good, good. Glad to be back. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm glad to see you. Greg, how are you? I think you're actually still in Chicago, currently talking to us from inside of a car. Yes, sir, Jim. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very toasty here. It's negative two degrees Fahrenheit right outside of Chicago. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing well, staying toasty. So in other words, you were like, hey, I've spent six weeks preparing for a new movie that's coming out, uh, a new venue for entertainment, and you get to finish it off with the death chill. That's not bad. Most certainly. <laughs> a legitimate death chill, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk with you both. Um, you know, you've both obviously been working really hard to help promote Wonderverse. You've had the Ecto One NJ uh, out at you know uh, at Wonderverse outside, and obviously not inside. That would be weird if you just drove it into the venue. If you Blues Brother that thing and just drove through the mall, that would be whack. <laughs> I mean, they, they listen. They did have a service elevator. They say could have handled the weight, but it was on the wrong side of the building, which we would have attempted uh, if they had it available. <laughs> Unfortunately, the whole setup of the interior just didn't work with the freight elevator. There was pretty much a wall there where the car would have came out, but it didn't. It, it wasn't going to happen. It's pretty funny though that you even like considered this. Uh, but you have been braving the cold and being out there. But you also uh, before that, you know, we like this last time we talked, you did your uh, your tours around New York City uh, for Halloween with the Ecto One NJ. So you've been very busy since the last time we uh, we chatted briefly after your appearance on Game Changer Wrestling. So um, it's been a pretty wild ride for you all. How did you end up, you know, getting sort of involved with uh, Wonderverse? Like, how did you end up 
getting connected up with Sony in a way uh, such that you kind of became an official uh, representative, if you will, of the franchise out at Wonderverse for the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, so one of the the leads on Ghostbusters at Sony, she sent out a mass email to a lot of, I guess, people who knew Ectos or Ecto owners saying, hey, we've seen your Ecto, it's great. Like it was copied to a bunch of people. And I just responded like, oh yeah, what are you guys interested in? And uh, they just, they, they gave me no information. They were like, we need the car for two weeks in January in Chicago. No details, no specifics. I'm like, okay, we could talk about that. Um, and then there, as the weeks progressed, it changed to like, okay, well, it's, uh, we need it maybe next week. And this is right around Thanksgiving. And then it changed to mid December. So, like, obviously, they were getting everything going for the Wonderverse. Uh, and then news broke about the Wonderverse. So I emailed them. I'm like, so is this what it's for? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's what it's for. So, uh, it was kind of, uh, uh, cr- a bit of, uh, a crumbs here and there for a few weeks. And then, it really got into negotiations like mm, I'd say mid to late November to really solidify the plan. I think it's kind of amusing that like there's you're getting these little bits and pieces like we need your car. We're sending out a mass email. If we need your car. We can't tell you why, but we need your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really sure why they were. They were so very vague with Nick. But when I was out there in the, at the end of September doing my initial inspection on the original Acto and I was speaking with Eric. We went over this conversation about Wonderverse, which he didn't really seem to have all the details yet of what was going to happen, because apparently this thing is like a decade in the works. Like this is, uh, you know, an idea that's been on the table with them for years is basically as soon as haptic feedback came around and all these other things that are possible with virtual reality. Gotcha. And they really wanted to open in 2020. And obviously with the pandemic and everything, it really just didn't happen. So that was where I came into it was kind of like they told me that there's four or five other possibilities of events that are in other parts of the country that they might want Nick and I involved with and are, you know, in vehicles. And this was on the table and they said, oh, you know, you know, if you can make it out there, this is what I got from Eric. And he said, you know, somebody will be in contact. And I think the reason that we didn't get a lot of information is because the person that was the actual lead on this ended up going on uh, maternity leave and everything got dumped into the next person's lap and she didn't have all the pieces ready to go right away. And I think it was a little bit overwhelming for the entire team because it sounded like, like I said, whoever the lead was became kind of disassociated for personal reasons. So when I got out here, uh, they were really still building the place. I was out here with Nick, the creative director from Sony. He built the entire Ghost Trap Speakeasy bar and I was here for all the test runs for the game. So Nick was back and forth and this is kind of where we landed. So I really watched the whole place come together. Not from nothing, but probably 70% done to 100. That's kind of awesome. Uh, sort of to have been like a fly on the wall to watch some of that going on um, and to be kind of participating in that. And, you know, I mean, you you've ta- and I've talked a bit off air that you've had the opportunity to try some of the things that were going on there early, um, you know, to do some of the events before they were necessarily public for everybody to do. So it's kind of cool that you got to be there and be part of that. I do want to back up for one second because you touched on something I forgot to that to mention that you did come out here. Uh, you were out here in, L- in LA, uh, Greg, and you were visiting the Sony lot. And at the time, I wasn't sure what you were doing here, uh, but you just said that you were inspecting the Ecto-1. So uh, do you have anything to report? <laughs> uh, other than, uh, you know, she needs some tender, loving care. Uh, you know, you and I did discuss the last time that Nick and I were on back in August that I may have possibly had a pile of parts laying around. So they might find a home. I don't, I'm not really sure yet. I know a lot of the fans want that car at least, you know, 
a, a few odds and ends redone. So I gave my two cents about it. I made the offer and I was told that, you know, it would go across uh, a, a table at some point and they would discuss it and let me know. Well, I honestly thought when you said it, when you were on the podcast last time that you were half kidding, because you're like, I have parts in my living room right now. And I was like, he can't be serious. <laughs> And then you showed up here a few weeks later. <laughs> Small note about the Ectotech. He's never kidding about Ectos. Okay. So like if he says it to you, he's like, oh, I'm going to work on the mothership. His ultimate goal will be to work on that mothership. So yeah, no. <laughs> uh, now we have a pile of parts uh, over at the, the shop where my, my car's being a captain. Uh, we have some uh, new Ecto projects we're taking on. I've seen that. I've noticed that, uh, you know, you've, there's been some acquisitions of, some other vehicles that, uh, Craig, as I've seen you sort of popping around social media, mm-hmm. you will show up next to a, a Rusty Miller Meteor and it might be yours at that point. <laughs> I don't really find them, Jim. They kind of find me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I I got some kind of uh, Miller Meteor magnet that I can't I can't shake. But no, I think they need a signal they cast into the sky. My, one of my favorite things you said recently was you pointed this out. Uh, that the box for the new action figures says Ecto Stretch Tech on them, and mm-hmm. you kind of focus just on the Ecto Tech part, and you're like, "Hey, look, yeah. my branding is on these toys." <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, Hasbro uh, have pretty Hasbro Pulse project for the two in the box. They had reached out to Nick and I about uh, getting together, and uh, you know that they wanted to ride in the car. So, I mean, that's still in the cards. It kind of uh, got sidetracked here doing the uh, the trip out here to the dust the dust chill zone, but. Uh, I think uh, if those guys want to get together, obviously, they're more than welcome. Hey, you better trademark that Ectotech before they start slapping it on more boxes and you don't get your cup. For friend. real. <laughs> For real. It's like, and if nothing else, you should, you know, bootleg that little graphic straight off the box, remove the stretch, and then That's just it. like put the word Greg in there mm-hmm. instead. And then make that like a lenticular got, lens that gets put over. So far, we're getting there. No, I know, but that's circular. And then you could put it on like a big spotlight that you could cast into the sky, like the bat signal. But it would yeah, make every you time, every time that I don't go to an event with Nikki and I decide I'm going to stay home and relax that night. And if, if he happens to get stuck, that's how he'll get me. So, yeah, that, <laughs> anybody in the country, if uh, they're if their Ecto's falling apart or they happen to be stuck on the side of the road and you don't trust AAA, send out the Ecto tech signal. Uh, <laughs> Well, I right. like this idea. I'm I look, I like this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. You know, I'm like, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. So listen, as someone who has broken down in an ecto before, yes, I am hundred percent behind that as well. So, so and, and, <laughs> any ask, means ask Nick, and any any little hiccups, I'll <clears throat> excuse me, I'll drive right into the city and uh, rescue if need be. So I wanted to ask you a bit how what was sort of involved in getting the car out to Chicago? Like you don't drive this all the way there. Obviously that would be like, Hey, let's just like put lots of wear and tear on the old girl. So like what's involved in trying to get that gigantic car. Like I joked when they took one to the UK, I was like, they're going to put it on a boat and they put it on a plane. Yeah. They flew it right in. Mm -hmm. So how do you move the car from Jersey to Chicago? Yeah. So that was uh, my little project now. I mean, it's oversized, it's heavy, plus it's, you know, my crown jewel in the collection, right? So uh, yeah. I, I, I did, because uh, you can get an auto transport to do anything, but uh, because of the dimensions, you know, I had to find somebody who is willing to 
take it, you know, especially with the insurance value and all that stuff. So uh, I did go through a few different folks until I found someone who was willing to put it on a single trailer. And I still don't think that trailer was made to handle the weight. But yeah, it it took me a a good two weeks to kind of shore that up to get out to Chicago. I mean, because you've seen on social media, my car. Locally, I have a guy to tow it anywhere on the flatbed that moves right. from out, you know, long out. But uh, something like that, you know, you, you can't do locally. So, uh, yeah, it took a couple of weeks to get that set up. Um, and I remember seeing that you got, you know, a couple days into the trip or a day into the trip. And I saw your photos and I saw the car leaving and I was like, OK, the car is going. And I, you've, I we've talked about this. Like, you know, I like the Ecto-1, but in terms of fan Ecto-1s, like yours is the one that I've been following for years because it has a story of like, survival right and rebirth Mm. and all kinds of things because it's been through a lot um and all of a sudden like on social media i saw this post that was like the ecto-1 nj has been stolen and i was like oh my god no no (laughs) i was freaking out internally i was like this is the car that survived a hurricane and a flood now you're gonna tell me it's been stolen but it wasn't i mean it, it ended up not being stolen but what happened (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit there. So a bunch, um, of, a bunch of things apparently happened. So yeah, so um, <laughs> you, you say you say your perspective, Nick. It was picked up on Sunday, and I was sending Greg out there to go meet the car because um, I couldn't because I actually was flying to LA the same day to go meet with Sony to go over specifics. So I'm on a plane to LAX. Greg is on a plane to O'Hare. And I just, you know, I'm uh, got the Wi-Fi. I'm like, let me shoot the broker a text to make sure what time we're looking at. And I immediately get uh, a kickback on the message. Now I'm texting other people, blah blah blah. And uh, so then I I text uh, the the dispatcher. I get a kickback already. So I'm like, Greg, I'm texting him on his plane. He's texting me. I'm like, Greg, I need the driver's number. So finally. Uh, the, I find out the broker lost touch with the driver hours prior to, so no one could get in touch with anybody. We're on a plane and I did not realize that when you text from an iPhone to an Android on Wi-Fi, it doesn't go through. So I'm getting kicked back (laughs) thinking that these guys blocked my number. Greg can't get them because he's got an iPhone too. So I'm texting my wife and she's at work. She's a teacher. I'm like, you, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. You need to call these people. And then I had posted that thing. And then I have Ghostbuster fans calling the dispatcher and like, he must've gotten a few (laughs) different calls. So like my wife's like, I just talked to the guy. He's like, everything's under control. I'm like, well, you need to find So yeah, long story short, uh, I may have jumped the gun. We took it down. Uh, the, the broker finally got back in touch with the driver. Everything was safe. He was a day late than when he was supposed to be, but it was sheer. I can't even tell you the sheer panic on that flight for two hours. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, that's funny because I didn't realize you were on two different planes. Like I knew that there was a point where you were flying, but I thought you were both flying to Chicago together. Originally, we were going to both go to L.A. and the time frame just didn't work. And that's how it ended up playing out. So I'm on the plane. Nikki texts me in a panic and he says they stole the car. Can't get a hold of them. My throat drops. I immediately get sick and had to go in the airplane bathroom and throw up. (laughs) I'm every bad name in the world to Nick because I was like, I didn't want to use these guys. I wanted to use a covered trailer. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to parachute out of the plane. Nick's ready to parachute out of the plane just so we can get (laughs) on the ground and find, you know. And it it sounded like what happened was is there was some kind of snafu with the driver. He only spoke Russian. And we're not sure if he just had a tire blowout or if someone stabbed his tire. 
I got from, because like Nick said, a bunch of Ghostbusters fans reached out. Apparently, somebody witnessed an altercation somewhere in Ohio between the driver and somebody else at a rest stop. So I don't know oh, if wow. think somebody stabbed the guy's tire or he had a blowout or whatever. But by the time I finally got a hold of him, he was getting a new tire for his truck. So that he apparently that whatever was the circumstances of that is why he showed up a day late. So we never really got the real story because the dispatchers weren't going to tell us it almost got stolen. But it sure seemed that way because it showed up super late and the guy had a fresh tire on his truck. So something was up. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, what's crazy is that. Within those two hours, like the, the people who had reached out on Instagram to the Ecto One and J Instagram, they had someone's like, "Oh, we have a picture of the car." I'm like, "What? Like it's in the middle of Ohio? Like how?" But yeah, that's how intricate the Ghostbusters network is. Is that somebody yeah. had a picture of my car two hours later, so I knew where it was. And um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was crazy. And then I land in L.A. And I call my wife. I'm like, hey, she's like, is everything okay? I think, yeah, I'm good. She's like, oh, yeah, our house got robbed last night. So it was just, so I left the house at 4.30 in the morning, not even realizing an hour prior, somebody had broken to our house and stole her purse and and key fob. So I land, I take a meeting with Sony. I go over the specifics. I get back on the plane. I come right back home. Uh, So it was, it was a long day for everybody. So Yeah, it sounds like it. We started off the trip very stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt really bad when I saw how it was beginning. And I was like, when you, when it turned out the car was fine, I was like, okay, thank God. Like it's, (laughs) everything's going to be okay. But I was so worried because I mean, it's, you said it, it's like the, the jewel in your collection, right? It's like, it's, Mm -hmm. and it for nothing. Look, I said, if somebody had taken it, like, what do you do with it? <laughs> like, yeah, you well, you're not chopping you that to, thing, you know. You can't, right? You can't yeah. chop it. You can't it was, really sell it because who? You have nah, to just you, like you, you put it somewhere in, uh, you know, some uh, some collector's garage, and you never see it again. I was like, it's gonna go in a tr- like a container and be like loaded off to Dubai. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just yeah. gonna disappear. Like, exactly. where is it? It definitely crossed <laughs> our minds. Yeah. So I was so thrilled, like hours later when you posted and like, everything's fine. And like people started messaging me like, did you see everything's okay? And I was like, I know it's going to be okay. (laughs) And it was so funny because like a bunch of us who just like, I've never even seen your car in person. I just know the two of you and I've been following your cars for so long. And it just completely gutted me in the moment where I was like, oh my God, my friends are getting completely fucked over. And picking up, picking you up at Newark Airport and taking you for pizza. You were gonna have to fly to Dubai. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna, have to, I was gonna fly to Dubai, or you were gonna have to like, uh, you know, pick me up from a, a ferry between uh, Connecticut and New York in Marine Ecto Eight, uh, the nice. the next project okay. you'll be working on. <laughs> Whatever we gotta do, Ecto Two helicopter. So yeah, send the ca- yeah. send the chopper. Oh, so man. Yeah. you end up getting yeah. the car out there um, mm-hmm. uh, successfully in the end, and. Yeah. Uh, how, like you, Greg, you had a few days, I think, like with the car before you started doing anything, uh, at Wonderverse, right? Cause I remember seeing you posting photos of like the car underneath the L train and I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what ended up happening is so Nikki came out and our creative guy, uh, Matt Daniels, he also goes by experience explorers, does a ton of, uh, cool builds and stuff, but, uh, he does all our creative stuff. So, um, nice. the one night we were all out next, like I got to get a sh- good shot underneath the L he's like, you know, so he had the rental car. So we had Matt hanging out the window with the cameras and stuff. So I went ripping underneath the L a couple times and we drove over to the Congress hotel, which is haunted every room, supposedly. And uh, we also stopped the Chicago theater. We stopped at Macy's. We just drove through town a little bit. 
And the response was ridiculous. I pulled up in front of the Chicago theater and uh, Nick and Matt pulled up and they were doing some uh, glamour shots right in front. And I ran up to the cops and, and uh, the cop rolls down the window and he, I said, Hey, I said, just so you know, I said, you know, we're going to be taking some shots. We're doing some promo for Wonderverse. He goes, Oh, he goes, I was rolling down the window to see if I could pull up and take a picture. <laughs> no, he, he, he was like almost bothered that the fact that I asked him if I could have the lights and the siren on and stuff in the middle of town. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, like almost like he didn't have, have want to have the window open just because it was too cold. <laughs> so, but uh, everybody it's like plausible loved it. deniability. Oh, yeah. I, 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 um, I came off the, um, I delivered it to the storage place yesterday and, uh, a state trooper was there and I was coming up the ramp and he gave me a thumbs up out the window and a couple other ones. And they, the town loved it. Everybody loved it out here. It was crazy because they obviously they've never seen it or one, you know, one like that, you know, to that level of accuracy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, I also think about this, like you expect to see the new, the Ecto one almost driving around New York city because it's New York. It's where Ghostbusters happens, but you know, the Ecto one driving around Chicago is a little different. Although, I mean, there's a lot of ties there between the folks who are in Ghostbusters and Most Chicago. Definitely second city and know. all that for sure. Before we took it into Chicago, we actually took it out to Volo Auto Museum, which is off the beaten path. So, I mean, we were all over Illinois. We wanted to see the, you know, the compare the two cars and everything. So um, our, our girls did good out there. And uh, I, I will say this, you know, when we were on the podcast last time, we were talking about ghost tours. You said that, you know, if it was in a different city, it wouldn't have the same feel. And I agree with you. Driving it around Chicago, there was a lot of joy and happiness. But it didn't feel the same like driving it through New York City. I love Chicago. I'm, I'm a deep dish guy, but it's still it, it definitely had a different feel than it would be New York City. You're wearing a New York Rangers jersey and I respect you and love you a lot. But like you just said, you're a deep dish guy. And I'm gonna have to take that very personally. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things I, I don't talk too much about. I, I had I had some other one out here. I had some ste- some steak pizza out here and I, I, I was in. Wait, what was yeah. it? I don't know. I had a Gerardo Dorito steak or pizza or something out here. And that was fantastic. I, I think that even beats deep dish. So, but not, nothing's like Roma <laughs> in New York city. <laughs> I just, I, you know, you both know I'm a pizza snob. So oh, yeah. when, uh, when I saw Greg had arrived in Chicago, he said, you know, I'm going to go get something to eat. And I was like, stay away from that freaking pizza casserole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely that it's a pizza pie, but not the kind of pie you want. It was more like cherry pie. <laughs> but but uh, not in a good way. So once you got settled in Chicago, though, um, how did the experience at the Wonderverse go? I mean, you know, I know you were there for several weeks. Greg, I have to say, I thought it was funny. I talked about this with Eric Christensen last week that I knew that the uh, the, the location was adjacent to the L.L. Bean because of your videos, because in each of your videos, you were like, go up the stairs, it's right by the L.L. Bean. And I'm like. Okay, I just got to find the LL Bean if I go there. <laughs> but, it was it was the easiest way for me to describe it, and uh, you know the the place is massive. Like the the Oakbrook Center, you know, it's been around for I think it was sixty one years or something. They uh, the original barber shop to the place. The guy Joe was down in the basement. I got probably one of the most crooked shaves of my life, but I wanted to support the place. But uh, <laughs> but we went around a little bit, and uh, the whole complex is like a couple miles, you know, wide. So I mean, you, it's, it takes a little bit to figure out and get your bearings. I mean, just me walking from my hotel that was in the same parking lot um, was a little over a mile from that back to the car if I walk back and forth. And um, yeah, I mean, the response that we just got at the whole Oakbrook Center, I mean, from the police department there to security to the other people that work there. But like you said, you just pop over to L.O.B. and you walk up the uh, I was calling it the Rocky Stairs. There was like about 100 stairs there to get up to the venue. 
or you just hit the elevator. But, uh, you know, I was uh, trying to uh, show people where it was at because it was it's such a new thing. And I guess people weren't sure if they were supposed to come for the soft opener or not. So I was going to a lot of local just restaurants and stuff, just being in the area for the few weeks that I was. So everywhere I went, I just, you know, if I had a Wonderverse card on me, I gave it out and said, hey, come over to Wonderverse. I'm like, what right. is it? So, I mean, you know, it's uh, it seems like it's finally getting some traction now. They were pretty busy uh, right before I left, even without the car there. And the response of having the car there was absolutely you know, just ridiculous. I think that it was pretty much a billboard the whole time because I burned a lot of gas and probably dripped a lot of oil and trans fluid on the ground having to run in for the past few weeks. That's <laughs> uh, difficult. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Greg, when uh, when I came home and then you were out there for the first the first trip, I, I thought you were the spokesperson for Wonderverse. You're like, every video I saw, you're like, hey, we got like half off apps till five o'clock tonight. Bring yes. your I'm like, we like, Wait a minute! Did they employ you? Like that wasn't in the like, the Sony uh, agreement, they, but they actually, you know, I know it's funny that you're saying that, but they treated me like absolute gold the whole time, and they definitely made me feel like that. I mean, not that I was in charge of absolutely anything, but they certainly made me feel like I was. But um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I I was there the whole time. They ran me through testing on multiple games. Uh, Ryan from Hollowgate was down there tweaking the Ghostbusters uh, Ecto ER. It's called. It's called uh, Ghostbusters Blitz. So you drive a four person. Uh, Ecto hovercraft, which is essentially like a cross between the Back to the Future DeLorean and Ecto. And it's got okay. a proton thrower on the hood. And, you know, so they came and tweaked that a couple of times. So every time they messed around with it, um, I did a run through with actually the, the Sony crew from Japan came and uh, a bunch of the other Sony crew from LA. So like, you know, they were like, Greg, you know all about it, you know, strap them in. So I strapped them in and, you know, they did the test runs and I was in there for that. We did Ghostbusters Arena. And uh, like I mentioned before, we did Jumanji, which is probably the most interactive thing that they have there. It's full scale, half an hour. Uh, you have like a helmet and the bodysuit on. You're getting all haptic feedback. The thing is spraying yeah. water on you, heat, fire, you know, cold, everything. You know, just giant alligators in the game. So but it, it's really, really, really fun. Um, so, I mean, I recommend anyone that's in this area that's definitely worth checking out. The food was fantastic. They did, you know, they have... Um, two master chefs in there they had jane danger come in and design drinks uh i wasn't familiar with her but the uh the bartending crew that they got is fantastic and uh they have ghostbusters themed espresso martini with the ghostbusters logo they got mood slime so um it was really 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 fun and the ghost trap speakeasy uh nick the creative guy he let me put a couple pieces from my personal collection we put a slime container that came a mood slime container from uh, marty west that uh, went on the shelf in there and nice. uh, they put one of my uh, Ecto intercoms from the back of Ecto one in the in there, and then they framed up a couple pictures uh, from my personal collection and tossed them up in there as well. That's awesome. Uh, so, so it was you, really fun. So, like you know, like Nick said, they kind of I definitely wasn't the boss, but they made me feel like I was. <laughs> you got to leave a mark on the place. It seems, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I was very, very happy to support the place, and like I said, everyone they, they were just absolute gold. So yeah, so it, it did become a wee thing because Ecto one was a huge part of it, and. You know, I definitely wanted to help, you know, get help the place get traction in any way that I could. And I think it definitely happened for him. Well, I think, you know, Nick, it's funny that you said this because I was thinking the same thing that I was like every night or every day I was flipping over to like Instagram and it hit the stories and there would be Greg like, hey, we're out here at the Wonderverse. Come out. We got games. We got drinks. Coming out yeah. before uh, 9 p.m., uh, you get a free half price appetizers. And it was this kind of like you were out there spinning plates, like spinning signs for them pretty Getting hard. I loved it. I thought it was food. like such great yeah. work. Yeah, no, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny watching on this end for sure. 
it, it was funny because Greg mentioned they were still in construction when we got out there. Uh, and it was yeah. a good thing they were because the day we dropped the car. So like there was no plan. Like they had an idea. And this was another part of the negotiation, right? Like initially they were supposed to cover the car. Like the day I met with Sony, that very brief stint in L.A., I left there. They're like, oh, we're going to get a cover for the car. Um, I'm getting on the plane to get home. And they call me. They're like, uh, Nick, this is going to be out of budget. We're going to have to figure something out. Because I guess in Chicago or Illinois, after November, you have to have a heater run 24-7 because of the snow. Yeah. So it was something like $20,000. And that was just out of budget. So anyway, so long story oh. short, we get, yeah, so we get to the Wonderverse <laughs> and they want to park it outside. And I'm like, okay. And uh, they show me this curb. And I'm like, the Ecto's not going up that curb. Like, that's not how, like, how did we not, like, think this through? So they uh, they pull a ramp from the Oak Brook to, to get it up. And we're like, we need two of these. So the guys working inside, they start bringing some, like, two by fours and stuff. And then they take the ramp away. And I'm like, guys, why don't we just use both? They're like, well, the ramp belongs to Oak Brook. The wood begins belongs to the union. We can't use them together. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, what? It's, it's, it, it's woods. It is woods. Yeah. So, so we send, we, we sent uh, the Wonderverse people out there. I think it was John that we sent to the Home Depot. And he's asking, what do we need? What do we need? So, like, at, at one point, I get in the car. Greg's looking at me. Through, I get it up there. And, like, the rest is history. But, like, it was just, like, uh, it's wood. Like, why is it union wood? Like, who cares? It doesn't have a, a Twit card. Like, He's not going to shake me down for this ramp. Uh, I'm like, I'm from Jersey. Who do I got to call in Jersey to make this happen with the union? So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a trip for sure. And and then you know the other thing too is so like it's Chicago, it's December and it's outdoors. So they they didn't have covering for my car. Then they're like, all right, we'll have somebody like move it. And I'm like, I don't know if I love that. But no one on the Wonderverse team felt comfortable. So Greg volunteers. So I talked to Sony and the cheapest option was to have Greg stay out there for the soft opening, come back home and then go back out for the rest. So they covered his room and board because it was the only option. But um, yeah, so there were some, you know, hoops to jump through. But yeah, no, the whole union wood thing got me. I'm like, "This, this can't be real. That sounds like something out of The Sopranos, you know, like you can't use this wood with that unless you're going to pay us some money. All right. That's how it works. Seriously. That's what it became. It became a negotiation at 730 in the morning in Oak Brook, uh, Illinois. Yep. So what ended up happening was, is I was able to, through the logistics of this nonsense, it took us two hours to figure this out, was that if I took the wood from the union guy and he didn't have to bring it outside, then I could use it. So that's what we did. Yeah, I was gonna have, you know, I was going to have to call Giovanni over at the docks in yeah. Jersey and say, hey, call, call Paulie over in Chicago. Yeah, come on. Just like, <laughs> let's be real here. Guys. It's what? the Chicago families and the Jersey families are going to make decisions to get the Zecto one hooked up. Sony's going to kick it's, back. That's how it's going to exactly. work. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, no, we got it. We got it done. That's great. Um, (laughs) That's a great story. I love things like this because they're the things that make Ghostbusters Ghostbusters in so many ways. I think I joke about this all the time that like I love how like in some ways we all are looking for some grand plan and everything to just be like completely planned out. But the entire ethos of the franchise is like three guys who got, you know, fired from their jobs and had to very quickly figure out how to pivot, how to do everything all of a sudden out of a garage without licenses, without permission, <laughs> with unlicensed nuclear accelerators in a firehouse that's falling down, you know, like and so, so, so some questionable stuff right there for sure. 
Yeah, seeing what what had to go on to make some little thing like parking in the car work was just a small taste because I really saw when I was on set when uh, Nick and I were on the uh, the set for Frozen Empire back in June, I really saw how it, you know, there's so many moving pieces really to get, you know, even just one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure th- this in was no retrospect, this was, no, this was no different. Just to get the car over a curb mm-hmm. <laughs> requires union intervention and negotiation. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so yeah. I will ask you this, you know, each of you, we're going to talk about the, uh, I mean, I know the event like is going to be the thing that was probably the favorite thing about it, but short of the event, cause you know, the grand opening is obviously like an amazing once in a lifetime experience that happens, but leaving that aside, since not everyone who will go to Wonderverse will get to go to a grand opening where McKenna Grace signs their car. Uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part about the Wonderverse facility? Like what's the thing that you feel is the best thing they have there for folks coming in? I'd, I'd have to attribute it to the ghost trap. I mean, the whole place is great. Um, and the fact that I love that they had all exclusive merchandise that was, they had Zombieland, they had Cobra Kai, all the franchises, Breaking Bad, obviously Ghostbusters. They had Ghostbusters, you know, uh, Ecto-1 exclusive hoodies that had a couple Easter eggs from the new film on it. We won't get into that, but there's a spoiler on there. And uh, the food I thought was fantastic. I mean, I, I love the whole theme of the place, but I mean, for a Ghostbusters fan though, if you just walked in there, did the two Ghostbusters VR experiences and went and had yourself a drink in the bar and checked out the equipment lounge. I think that would be an evening for you because it's like, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, like I said, Nick, the creative director from Sony, I mean, like I said, he was the one that was very gracious and said, Hey, you know, um, you know, grab my, my few pieces from my collection that he threw up there and there. But I mean, they did the holograms with Muncher. They did the bug eye ghost. There's, you know, Vigo's on the wall in there. There's, you know, a couple of uh, spoiler hints to the new film that, you know, we uh, we won't get into, I guess, maybe if they want to, uh, if Sony wants to say something. But um, there's a, <laughs> there was a few little uh, a few little hidden gems in there that I went, well, who's that guy? What's that? And they were like, well, yeah, you're going to find out real soon. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I love that they, you know, they built the full scale containment unit. You know, it, the handle works on it, you know, it throws throws the green light on and. There's four proton packs, four Haslab packs mounted to the wall, and everything is supposed to be kind of like a nod to Egon. You're like, there's Egon's bug collection and four spores, molds, and funguses everywhere, and there's a whole like index card draw that you know there's um, like half a dozen of them. you open them, and there's uh, bugs like frozen in, uh, you know, um, like actually encapsulated in resin, and there's just like all these little knickknack things. And like I said, they let me put my own little spin on it. So I mean, it's like. If you're kind of in the in the realm of uh, nerdism, like all of us really are, I think any one of us can really walk in there and just have an absolute blast. I mean, like I said, Jumanji's great. Um, they have the Pacific Playland uh, entire um, arcade from Zombieland there with you know zombie themed bumper cars, and there's three other uh, yeah. two person VR experiences in there. It's just a really fun place. Um, I wouldn't say it's a it's a bargain based place because I didn't think the entire area was bargain based. I thought everything was pretty pricey. But I think as far as comparatively speaking, compared to what's out there in Chicago and the mall, I thought it was pretty fair. And I thought that they definitely held their own as far as what they were delivering as far as an experience. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, I think that uh, I think that Zombieland bumper cars thing is something that Eric talked about last week. And I thought it was really interesting, the concept of how it works, that everybody starts out because there's one car that's red and then the rest of them are green and 
they all become infected with mm-hmm. the zombie thing and to start running into each other. And I was like, that's cool. They gamified bumper cars. That's like, mm. there was never a game to that before. It was just go harass people, you know, at the bumper car mm. thing by ramming into them. Try to give them whiplash. And yeah. So we did have, uh, there was one morning when I walked into the Wonderverse and I was talking to the uh, one mechanical lead, Roger. And apparently they, they said they had, you know, some of their own ghosts in the place. Uh, one of the machines that took like about three people, they have like, I, I don't, it's not Dance Dance Revolution, but something like that. But it's like three people to push this machine out and actually turn or turn it on or, or off. And yeah. they came in the one day and like they actually had to take the maintenance panel off and flick it back on because they said that it was shut off and nobody can move this machine. Like three humongous guys had to move it and they were not there. So when I walked in, they said, we said, we might actually need Ecto-1 because I think we got some poltergeists. I said, what's up? They're like, one of the machines was <laughs> off that couldn't possibly have been off. And it was very bizarre. So that's my one little Wonderverse ghost story. So maybe the place is actually haunted. Like there's going to, if you, it's it's an unknown secret attraction. If you go to the Wonderverse, you might possibly run into something more paranormal than you bargained for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick, what was your uh, sort of favorite thing about the Wonderverse itself? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm biased towards Ghostbusters. Um, from everything that I've heard, though, the the Jumanji ride there, the you know interactive part of it, it seems pretty impressive. Um, I did the uh, the ecto driving. I didn't get a chance to do the uh, the VR training, but um, but yeah, I mean, the the amount of thought process they put into the Ghostbusters trap bar and on all of that, and I think that's a big part of the Wonderverse. Um, and hence why they wanted the Ecto-1 there. So um, I, I, I would, I, again, I'm biased, but the Ghostbusters part, the, the bar and all of that, um, the detail they put into it, I think that was the most impressive. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Pacific Playland is cool and the bumper cars, but, you know, it's an, it's an arcade and, and the 21 Jump Street was okay, but, um, but Ghostbusters, I think, is their, uh, their crown jewel for the Wonderverse. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty you know, I said the expression I used was that it's heavily anchored in mm. Ghostbusters. Like, I feel like they could decide to roll in or roll out different attractions in that space over the next few years uh, and change things. But one thing that will always be anchored at the core of it is the ghost trap is sort of that, you know, big franchise that Sony has. I don't know if you all heard last week that I've suggested that they add a um, they should add a new attraction which is just it's a Paul Blart mall cop simula- simulator. You go out into the Oak Brook mall and you get a Segway and uh, you have to go out and score points by uh, stopping crimes. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they should only run that in the, the, the summer months because to do that through Oak Brook in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah. You're going to really need someone dedicated to Paul Mart uh, to Paul Blart to, uh, to take that ride. Yeah. And your Segway battery life is going to really, you know, just go to hell in the cold. But <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. But yeah, but, but you're right. And they, they had talked about too, you know, interchanging some things out because you look at, you know, if you're selling, you're looking at marketability, right? So you have right. Zombie Land in there, you have Jumanji, uh, 21 Jump Street, all of those franchises for the most part, there's nothing new coming out. And listen, Frozen Empire, whether you're a Ghostbuster fan like us, I think it's going to make a ton of money. It, there, sure. there's going to be a third movie there's going to be a bunch of other stuff so that's really i think the cornerstone there and then we'll see how sony progresses and then switch things out uh if need yeah be. but i could totally see them deciding to do like say a cobra kai pop-up in that space right like that's another ip that they're connected to and so yeah if they wanted to Most you know, especially with a karate kid movie that's going to be coming down the pike um mm-hmm. you know there's the potentiality that maybe they decide to do some sort of like 
you know, as opposed to the bad boys racing uh, section of the arcade, they decide to instead do a series of like fighting simulators or something, you know. Um, but I, I'm also I don't know, I'm intrigued because like the Jumanji thing reminds me of the way the void was set up uh, when they had the void thing for fan fest. The void was like a, a chain of different VR places. And one of the key uh, stories they had was a Ghostbusters mission that was had a lot of the same kinds of things like the floor moved underneath you or like had different consistency and vibration. Uh, Slimer would appear as you came down an elevator and slime you. So you get sprayed in the face with water. So it's a lot of the same stuff that you guys have talked about and that Eric's talked about last week with Jumanji. And so I wonder if we might ever see like a revitalization, you know, like if they could get that, that content from the void and bring it to that environment would be a thing that would be cool. So, but we'll see, you know, um, I'm excited about it though. I think it's cool. I'm hoping I get to visit. Um, let's talk a bit about, though know, the big event, because like, you know, Greg, you, Greg, you were out there for several weeks and then you, I actually asked you like right before the holidays, I messaged you and I was like, where is the car going? Is it going to be safe? <laughs> You're going to go home for the holidays. What's happening with the car? And you were like, it's fine. It's going in a facility. It's going to be safe. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, it was safe. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Nick was able to find a, uh, collector car garage, which. Uh, you know, obviously the car world is small, so it turned out a couple of the guys that worked there somehow knew a couple people that I knew back from back home that are involved in the car scene. So that was comforting, but it was, uh, it ended up in a, uh, private collector garage with 200 vehicles worth about a total of $50 million. Wow. And there was some very rare pieces in there. Uh, Shelby series one, there was a, uh, SLR McLaren Mercedes. There was a 62 Cadillac Eureka three-way hearse. Very nice. The, uh, promo car from liquid death was in there their hearse and um, you know a couple hundred other cars that's pretty wild i at some point um someone asked me if i knew where the car was and i was like oh i, I think it's you know like often a warehouse somewhere safe like no she she was very uh, cool car she, she got a little spot time they gave her a uh wash uh up down inside and out and they uh Finally got the uh, the last uh, little bit of the window tint done that I wanted to get done. It was supposed oh, nice. to be a surprise for Nikki for his birthday, and then they sent him the bill, which was excellent. So, <laughs> but uh, but it uh, ultimately got done. The car looked beautiful, and the the uh, the media opening was absolutely excellent. Uh, I was you know more than well aware Eric Reich was coming, but he had hinted to me leading up to that that uh you know um you know somebody else was coming with them and uh i kept hearing it was going to be bill murray and then i heard his uh monetary re request was quite extravagant and um but they told me they said well, well <laughs> we're gonna have you know we're gonna have you know one of the main characters there for sure at least one and uh and i'm sure you'll be impressed and i i was uh overjoyed you know mckenna was absolutely spectacular nicest kid in the world we met mom you know they're just absolutely gems of human beings and obviously you know i've had dealings with eric right before and he, you know, he's always been, uh, he's the best and he's super supporting of the entire franchise and he makes sure that, you know, it keeps having traction. It keeps on rolling. I've jokingly said for years that if Ecto one, meaning like the actual car goes somewhere, then so does Eric. So to have Eric show up where your car is must now mean that like your car is official. <laughs> like that's <laughs> well, just like, uh, you know, we made sure, uh, you know, and this was all Nick's doing cause he was the one that sprinted, you know, 20 blocks to go get a Sharpie. But, uh, you know, just like we made sure, you know, Jason Reitman signed the car. I mean, it was very, very important, you know, for me, at least me personally, you know, for Eric to sign it. Cause he's just been, like I said, just, uh, 
really the, you know, the poster child for this whole thing, keeping Ghostbusters going. So that was just fantastic. And, you know, having McKenna get in there. I mean, she was, you know, she wanted to get into the car as bad as we wanted her to get in and sign it. So she was like, oh, can I take a picture? And Nick just started hysterically laughing. He goes, you're asking us if you can sign the car. You can take a picture. He goes, you know, and we were already joking because I was with them since about 530 in the morning because we were doing media coverage. So I was waiting for Nick to fly in and I had joked earlier in the day and um, about McKenna signing the car where she's like, I'm only signing it if I'm driving it. And I said, well, that, that guy already goes without question. So and, uh, um, we just got more involved with that when the night went on. But the parking lot was a little bit packed, but we did flirt with the idea a little bit. And she definitely said she wants to drive it. So I think Nikki's going to hand the keys over. <laughs> Is this happening? Are you letting a teenage uh, a teenager drive your car? He's got a license. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny because when I landed, <laughs> Greg was telling me he's like, you know, some of the Sony guys were saying, you know, McKenna could drive it, right? And I'm like, Greg, how how old is this kid? Like, I, uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, whatever. So of course, you know, uh, you know, she was doing her promotional thing, taking pictures with all the Ghostbuster fans that, uh, you know, were there, and you know, Greg's like, don't worry, she's gonna, you know, Eric said she'll do it, it's not a problem. So you know, towards the end of the night. We go over to Eric. They're like, all right, we're ready to leave. They come down. Greg's getting the car already. So I'm walking down with Eric and, and McKenna. Nice kid. Um, you know, Greg mentioned her mom was traveling with her. Uh, so I said to her, I said, so rumor has it, you want to drive this thing? She's just like, uh, well, I mean, if it's on the table, I'm like, all right, well, let's get down there. So, <laughs> so yeah, like Greg said, she asked, like, can I get in it? And I'm like, you're the ghostbuster here. Like, why? <laughs> of course, like, sure. So, and she, she gets by it. She goes, oh, it smells just like the one on set. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Unless you drive it eight hours a day and then you start to see things. Um, but yeah, <laughs> really from the fumes, she means, right? Like from, yeah. from the fumes from the engine <laughs> i literally i when i would get home from ghost tours like pulling three a day my wife would be like please just sleep in in the shed somewhere because the <laughs> the amount of fumes that would be on that 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 jumpsuit would be ridiculous but uh so she gets in she signs it and i asked her point blank i said you want to take it for a spin and you could tell she was a little uneasy she's like well you know i think she maybe only has a permit i'm not sure but her mom was like yeah mckenna come on do it i'm like I'm like, really, if you want to, I'll sit next to you, make sure, you know, because it's a little different, the gear ratio. But um, but you could tell she was a little maybe uneasy about the tight space that we're in. So I said, listen, don't worry about it. Um, so she signed the car. Eric got in, signed the car. We took a few pictures. And I said, I said, McKenna, listen, I don't know what the plan is for the premiere. But if you guys want to ride my car, had I, I got it out like a limo. And she's like, what do you mean? So I show her. She's like, that's amazing. I really want to do that. That would be awesome. Her mom's <laughs> like, oh, what's your information? I said, Sony has everything. I said, if it's in New York or even in LA, you just let us know. We'll happily do it on the arm. We'll come take you. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, I, I from what I was told, yeah. Sony hasn't figured out the premiere yet. But Greg is much more on the social. So if uh, if that does come along, you definitely follow Ectotech. You, you'll be the first to know. I'm going to be the first to know before anybody else, because if I don't get a direct message that tells me from somebody about where Premiere is, I'm going to be like, what? Why did I find out from social media? You sons of bitches. <laughs> you know, we will, Jim. I don't want you to turn into Vec Maniac on me, so. What does yeah, that mean, anyway? You said know. that yesterday in a message. You were like, name. it's your own name. I'm warning people. You, you said, I got to tell Nick to get back to you because I don't need you to turn into Vink Maniac on us. Now I imagine that like what that means is that I turn into a giant green Bill Murray looking monster. Ah, that's just nah. like, I have an 800 number. Don't no, look no, for my agent. 
It's more like that purple monster that Egon turns into on real Ghostbusters when he when he's possessed. It demands pizza and Ghostbusters uh, exclusives. That's what it does. <laughs> Most definitely. So, but if uh, if that card is going to go anywhere, especially to a premiere, um, you know, we'll definitely be dropping a line about it. Okay. My well, I tell me a bit more about um, sort of how the night there went at uh, the grand opening. I know you met a lot of folks. I know you I saw you in photos of Ghost Beacon. Uh, shout out to Phil Kessel, Ghost Beacon on YouTube. Um, how many how many folks were at the uh, premiere? Were rather, I keep saying premiere, but the uh, the opening. Yeah, it was more of the yeah, it was a media opening. I, they I thought we were going to get a trailer, uh, just the the small lot of us, and we definitely uh, Nikki and Nikki and I definitely prodded quite a bit and. I heard a rumor that uh, a, cer- a certain fellow of the crew had had the uh, had some uh, quite good footage on a flash drive in his pocket, but we didn't get to see it. So, and, yeah, uh, that, but yeah, that, we posted yeah. the whole night to see you know what whatever information we could get or whatever little uh, whatever little teasers. But uh, we had the Windy City Ghostbusters there, the Central Illinois Ghostbusters, Circle City. I know some of those guys came out. I met uh, I believe his, his name is uh, Josh Chitwood. I met him. Uh, Eric Christensen, I, me and him been kind of uh, online friends for a while, just you know messing around with each other. And uh, sure, you know, I, I walked up to him, and um, it was my suggestion for uh, Ghost Beak and Phil to come out. I said, "Hey, Phil," I said, "What are you doing?" I know he's got new babies and a wife and all that. And I said, "Hey, what's it going to take to get you out here?" And I said, uh, "You know, I said if you can, if you can fly out, I said I think we can squeeze you in." So definitely want to do that for Phil. Always love that guy. We have a blast with him on Ghostbusters Day every year. He's just an absolute gem, and. Uh, so I just wanted, you know, I wanted the fans that didn't get to go there to really see what the experience was like. So that, was, you know, it was very important to have, you know, have Phil there, you know, obviously have our guy Matt Daniels there, you know, doing some coverage. And everybody was just like a kid in the candy store because, like I said, McKenna was there. Obviously, you know, like this was more of an adult party. Like we're all hanging out, drinking this and that. So she was kind of like just there kind of entertaining all of us. But she was really just, like I said, just such a wonderful, wonderful person. And she entertained all the fans. She took pictures with everybody. And we had quite a few like local uh, Chicago celebrities. Some of the cast from Chicago PD was there. We did a photo shoot with them one of the days for some media coverage. Uh, And I also, um, the guys from WGN were down and a couple other news stations. So, you know, my responsibilities were like, oh, they want to, we want to see Ecto. So we showed them Ecto, threw the lights and the siren on, let them go in and out, do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, then they would get their whole Wonderverse tour experience. And, I, I saw that, you know, about half a dozen times, you know, throughout the weeks. But the the media coverage thing was just astronomical. There were so many people there. They had uh, girls that were like dressed up as champagne glasses with like 100 champagne glasses like attached to them. So we could all do a <laughs> toast. And they had, uh, uh, you know, professional violin player going. She was wild. And they had another small band going in the corner. She was and- the best in her row. They had so many different, <laughs> so many different things going on at once. And. They had like a whole, you know, ice sculpture made out of champagne bottles, like, you know, Wonderverse themed. And they had all the projectors going on the wall. And we just had a we just had an absolute blast. And uh, it was funny. I was watching the Sony promo video from the night. And at one point, just randomly, you see Nikki walk by just and he's in the entire shot going through the equipment room. <laughs> so but um, yeah, they like I said, they just treated us like gold the whole time. Um, you know, like I said, they let me run amok. I would, you know, I even had my dog uh, Alfie in the place for a couple of days right before we opened. So he was kind of the uh, the Wonderverse mascot for a couple of days. Everybody was giving him hugs and playing with him and giving him treats. That's awesome. So um, we had fun. 
Nick, what were, were you going to say something about this flash drive? Were you going to try and track somebody down with the, your union men? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I got to call, uh, call Gio again. No, I, um, yeah. You know, Greg, when I landed, he's just like, he's like, I've heard he's like somebody's got a USB drive and they 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 have it. And I'm like, oh, so I was talking to some people. I won't tell who exactly, you know, whatever. But I think you'll have a trailer reaction by not this week, the following week. Yeah, I think so, too. Personally, yeah, I th- uh, just at a personal level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. I mean, I think this movie is is going to, you know, uh, it's going to make them a lot of money. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled about it. Um, did you have any other any other insights to add than Greg about sort of that grand opening party and the experience there, things that you thought that were really cool about it? No, no, it was, it was a nice evening. Like I said, um, you know, they, they, they had a lot of, uh, you know, big Sony people there. You know, Greg mentioned that um, I guess the controllers from, from Japan were there, which is apparently a big thing is that they don't come in for much. So this is a huge thing right. for Sony. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, uh, they spared no expense, you know, the champagne things and they had the, these live dancers and, uh, it was almost like a, uh, a Vegas nightclub type thing they, they were going for. So, um, I do think everyone enjoyed ourselves. We obviously did. So, um, but yeah, if you're out there, I, I definitely, it's at least going worth checking out, uh, one time, if not, you know, going back and, uh, yeah, especially if they, if they turn around and decide to do some updates to it and change out you know, attractions, et cetera, you know, it'll probably have more replay value to it, you know, as a thing. Yeah, and, I, and I do think that is probably in their game plan too, for just talking with the conversations that I've had with, you know, uh, Nick was the creative director. Um, you know, he was, he was, I think, eager to get his hands on some of the other titles or, you know, uh, content that they own. So um, I think they're going to see how this first stretch goes and then probably, you know, like any business, re- you know, reevaluate and see yeah. what's working and what's not. Yeah, it's like and I think about it, it's almost like a restaurant model where you have to look and see how things are going with your menu before you start making changes to it. Right. So um, Mm -hmm. you've got to see what you're selling and what you don't. And maybe you find out that you're not selling, you know, crab cakes because you're in the middle of uh, Ohio and nobody wants to eat landlocked crab. Um, (laughs) Whatever, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, I didn't really get a chance to talk with you much about this uh, when it happened. We talked a bit about Wonderverse now, but. How did your ghost tours in New York City go? Because uh, I didn't get to really check in with you after them in a podcast episode. Uh, and is it something you think you're going to do again in this coming year with the 40th anniversary and such? Um, they were wildly successful. And we did about 30 tours. Um, I did about 24, 25 myself. Greg did about five or six. And the the one word I would describe for them would be humbling. Like it was incredible the response that I got every time I had someone new in the car. We had people fly from Florida, California, Colorado, the UK, Austria, Germany, Mexico. Uh, we wow. had a family drive down from Toronto for the night just to take this tour. Whoa! It was I, I, I it was incredible and and. I don't think there was one tour that wasn't, this is one of the best days of my life or you made my dream come true. And that's exactly what I wanted to deliver to people. Right. And I, I and that's exactly what we got. So, um, so yes, to answer your question, ghost tours will be coming back. Uh, obviously my our schedule with the car has been Chicago now. So she's going to come home. We have a couple of events, but, uh, there will be more ghost tours. You know, there's a list of people who want to get on it. And uh, there was a tour company in the city 
because <laughs> so we I, I I was pulling it was a uh, I'm up at six thirty. I get the kids lunch ready. Then I pack the ecto lunches because every time you came on the tour, you got a Twinkie, a Crunch Bar, homemade ecto cooler. So I'm packing lunches for the clientele. I'm packing lunches for my kids. I drop them off. <laughs> First tour is ten o'clock. I get back at like twelve fifty. I guess up one o'clock tour starts. I head back home. Uh, and then I'll switch the keys off to Greg for the 8.30 tour or he's doing during the day. So um, we did uh, we did about 30 tours in like three weeks. Um, so it was like That's nonstop. Wild. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a lot. And like <laughs> breathing those fumes in eight, nine hours a day, it was tough. But um, yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was like I said, very humbling to hear the stories and like my thought process would be like to to pull a lot of Tobin Spirit Guide and tell stories about buildings. But like some people were OK with that. But other people were like, I don't care about that. I just want to know about the car. How did you get it? When did you get it? And they, they wanted <laughs> to share their Ghostbuster story with me, which was right. really cool. You know, how many people, you know, built their own proton packs when they were a kid. And uh, the one group from Kentucky, I had posted it. They uh, he he did a laser cut of ghost tours and he he hand did it. Uh, of the firehouse and it was really really impressive so That's um awesome. yeah i thank everybody every single person that came out on the ghost tour i hope they had a great time i know me and greg we loved it we had a great time um but yeah greg i'll, I'll kick it over to you because um i i know you pulled some of them too so yeah so a couple of the tours uh the early ones nikki and i did together because we were trying to get a feel for it so we wanted to see kind of where we were going to park so it turned out we got a really sweet spot right in front of the New York Public Library on 5th and 42nd, where essentially we were able to park right across the street from the Lion. Every right. time we got there, it was basically just throw the lights on, hit this one corner, and then we were able to park every day. And <laughs> the one tour that I did, uh, I was flying solo and I had a group of four in the car, and I'm getting them out at the library, and there's all these you know, SWAT and terrorist units and all from the NYPD all floating around. Whoa. And this... Uh, armor covered van pulls up to me and it has all these little windows on the side like just little vent windows so i got the car sitting there and i had just shut it off and i'm unloading the people out and i'm putting the proton packs on them and all of a sudden i see like 12 hands come out with cell phones like all out of this van and i'm like <laughs> what the hell's going on here so now i'm like i gotta mess with these guys they're definitely taking pictures of the car so the guy that was closest to me i grabbed his hand i go what are you doing and he goes oh, i'm just taking a picture so, I, so uh, I said, guys, guys, I said, why don't you get out? So they pile like a clown car, like 15 guys out of this SWAT van, all like multiple guns on them, like, you know, <laughs> you know, armor, helmet, flak jacket, the whole thing. And they're all next to the car, like, you know, these big, goofy smiles on their faces. And they just absolutely <laughs> loved it. I'm hysterically laughing. So the uh, the clients that were with us, they loved it, too. I had a couple from Staten Island and their friends, and they all just got such a huge kick out of it. So. They all walked over to the lion together. They all took pictures. So it was really, that was my, probably the most fun one that I did. But everyone had such a blast. And, uh, you know, Nikki and I are very overzealous with lights and siren and all that. And the NYPD has just been so welcoming of all that. The FDNY, they absolutely love it. It's actually like a lot of the time we don't have the stuff on. They're like, we want to see some lights. We want some sirens. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And uh, a lot of times when I was rolling through Times Square, I would just, throw the PA system on and I would put higher and higher on or I would put the Ghostbusters <laughs> theme on and I would just blast it. Nikki knows that little speaker on the PA is really loud. 
Oh, so and, loud. Uh, so loud. <laughs> and uh, I would just hit Times Square a couple of times and there would be totally just traffic ridden. We'd, we'd hit, sit at the same traffic like two or three times, you know, with all the cabs and all that. And I would just start throwing Ghostbusters music on and the people would just lose it. <laughs> so we really, the city loved it. Nikki and I loved it. We got, like you said, we got pretty dizzy from uh, the carbon monoxide and oh, the other stuff. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I will reveal that uh, we're we have a summer based Ecto now. We do have the backup vehicle. My vehicle Ecto One NJ South is going to go in the mix. So we got air conditioning in that car. So we'll see nice. if we pull double duty now. Yeah, I was going to say uh, if you if you get the air conditioning, you potentially can run some tours probably around the 40th anniversary. Uh, with the, the idea. Uh, Ghostbusters Day event coming around, right? So, yeah, and, I've, uh, I've gotten also, a, yeah, I got a few requests yeah. for that already because you know the car will be there for Ghostbusters Day. Um, Buffalo asked to to bring it back, so um, you know, again, uh, everything is out there, and uh, yeah, the PA, like Greg mentioned, the PA is probably my favorite tool in there because I just I like a lot of people brought their kids, so that was the thing too. Is I had to figure out it's like how to get a liability and people are like, yeah, no problem. I'll sign whatever you want. I'm like, okay, great. Sounds good. Throw the four kids in the back. So I'd let the kids just go on the PA and like scream at people as we're going, like, who are you going to call? And like, they would nonstop do it until someone answered. But, um, but, and, and it's so cool because, you know, Greg will tell you it, it, it you do a 10 a.m. a 1 p.m. Like you're going through the same route for the most part, but it's, you're still getting a reaction because the city's so vast right. and so big. And it doesn't disappoint. So like just as excited as they're getting, it's, you know, a different emotion from uh, another group that you're driving down. And uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty surreal feeling. That's why I touched on the Chicago thing, because it, it was fun, but nothing will ever compare to driving that car through New York City. Right. And the reaction that you get from New Yorkers who kind of almost see the, the, the city as a character in the movie. You know, I, yes. I always say that, that like the first movie, like New York is a character in the movie, all the different character actors who show up who are sort of playing little pieces of New York, you know, uh, they are, that's part of what makes the movie the way it is. It's kind of what part of what makes it have the aesthetic it has. And I even think that like Ghostbusters two doesn't have, even though the Statue of Liberty's in it, obviously, and like shows up and walks down the street, it doesn't have the same sense of New Yorkers in it to me, like as, uh, you know, background characters and actors and things. But obviously, it's a huge part of the movie. Um, but I, I think it's really cool that you did this. Like, I, I love that you did the Wonderverse stuff, and I think it's absolutely amazing. But I was totally in awe of the fact that you were going to be doing those ghost tours. And the last time we talked about it, I was like, how much do you think you're going to get done with this? And your your conditional statement was however long, however much she's going to let us do. Right. Like yeah. what whatever she will let us do until she breaks down. And then she and, and held up for you the whole season. Yeah. So there was only one one day where I had to call Greg and, uh, you know, I am learning from the Ecto Tech, the Ecto Tech. He guides me. So I had to change a fuel pump on the fly, which I did correctly. It took me a little longer, but uh, she was a little <laughs> short on trans fluid. So I had to, uh, Greg came out and uh, we, we got her going. But yeah, she handled great. Uh, <laughs> the scariest part for me was the very first tour I did. It was Comic-Con weekend. Uh, I, a cab was like in gridlock and starts backing up. And like, I had to slam with my hand out of the driver's side to make sure he didn't hit the car. Cause oh, wow. I know we had talked. So, but after that, like there were no close calls, nothing like that. You know, you just cruising that thing. So, um, <laughs> the sight lines aren't very good, but the people help you out uh, as you go. So when you come into the city, um, do you come in through the tunnel or you take a bridge? Uh, Lincoln tunnel, Lincoln tunnel. Oh, so oh, like, whatever whatever's convenient. Yeah. 
So the so really the route was um, so we pick you up right outside the Javits. We hit Central Park West. We go over to the library, down to the firehouse, and then I drop you back off. So you know, certain days on traffic, we would see Washington Square Park. You know, Ghostbusters too. Right. Um, we did go by the the courthouse a couple of times, although that's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. But um, but that was kind of the routine. So um, it, it worked out pretty well there. But I think that's amazing. Um, and I think that, you know, I said this when you were going to do it, that I thought it was cool because it was a way to go like live your Ghostbusters day, you know, personally go have your experience riding around the Ecto one. Cause it's the thing that's really hard, like getting in and like, finding an Ecto one to ride it to begin with is hard. Riding one in New York city is like unicorn level achievement in my mind. Uh, you know, it's like, it's not a thing that happens to most people, but you made it accessible to a whole bunch of people. And I'm excited you're going to do it again because, um, I think it's such a unique and cool thing to be able to do and that, you know, it's, it is, it's that, that thing of driving around New York city and feeling like you are in the car inside the movie. Will you change the tour in any way to accommodate the things that happened in this new movie? Like, have you given thought to like changing up the route or like adding new stops along the way? I, uh, I am open, uh, for anything. Um, so absolutely. If people want a frozen empire tour after we see what this is, you know, I'll create that too. And, um, and that way it's more fun for people because they could go on the 84 traditional tour or frozen empire tour. So, um, and there's some other things that, you know, uh, me, Greg and, and Matt, uh, my creative guy that we're going to put in the car as, you know, like I had mentioned, you, you could watch the movie during, uh, or we have some fun safety videos. We just didn't have the time to get that done and produce right. the right way like we would want. Like I wasn't going to put some half-ass video in there. Uh, so sure. that's some some newer stuff that we're going to we're gonna bring to the table. Um, so yeah, no, um, we'll definitely, I'm excited to see Frozen Empire to see what it entails. And then we'll fuse that right into uh, to Ghost Tours. Well, um, you guys have given us a pretty good rundown of how the Wonderverse event went. And Greg, I know you need to hop off because you've been gracious enough to uh, leave an, a restaurant establishment that you were in in Chicago uh, on your cell phone to go sit in a cold car <laughs> and to record this with us. So I really want to say thank you to you for that. And Nick, of course, well, I want to say thank you for giving you. some time to the podcast uh, today. But is there anything else you guys want to share with the podcast audience, uh, you know, about the year ahead, about, you know, things related to Frozen Empire or 2024 to keep an eye out for with the Ecto-1NJ? Yeah, Ecto-1A is on the way, baby. <laughs> we got 1A on the way. All I'll right, we'll keep, keep an eye out for that big burly tank on the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick, anything you want to add? No, I mean, like uh, I mentioned, Ghost Tours will be back. Uh, we hope to do some more stuff with Sony for the premiere. Um, so, yeah, just uh, keep it locked into the socials. Again, Ectotech's much more uh, on it than I am. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting year as a Ghostbuster fan for everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. It's the 40th anniversary, new movie. Hopefully we'll get to see a new cartoon this year, maybe, too. Uh, that would be exciting. So I'm really thrilled about it. And I'm really hopeful that I get to see you guys this year. Um, because my goal is to try and get to a few different places around the country and you are on my list of people who not only because you offered to give me a ride in an amazing car but just because I want to hang out with you I'm hoping to see you so um, anytime we're 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 way more fun in person (laughs) you're always fun and you're always welcome on Extraplasm thank you so much for coming on the show uh, and hanging out with for a bit and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon alright buddy thanks for having us appreciate it appreciate it yeah thank you alright take care you guys that about wraps things up for Extraplasm this week. 
I want to say one final thank you to Greg and Nick for coming on the podcast this week and sharing a bit about their adventures off in Chicago and in New York City with the Ecto-1NJ, and especially to Greg for enduring uh, being in the death chill um, in, in a car with the heater on to uh, talk to us while he's still been on the road. So thank you both for coming on the show and for being involved in this week's episode, and we hope to hear from those guys again soon. They have a lot of great success in 2024. I also want to say, of course, thank you to uh, Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who provides the visual identity for the podcast and the logo, and who recently celebrated a birthday, so happy birthday, Brendan. And, uh, of course, I want to thank Vaporwave artist Magnavox, uh, whose version of Ghostbusters serves as our theme song uh, each week. And, of course, lastly, I need to thank you, because there wouldn't really be much of a reason for putting out a podcast each week if you weren't listening to it. (laughs) So thank you for being out there, uh, for making Extraplasm a part of your weekly routine or your listening habits. I'm always excited to hear from folks who have things to contribute or share with the podcast. And if you want to do that, you can, of course, reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram, Extraplasm on X, Extraplasm Podcast on Facebook and YouTube, or via email at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week. Keep your fingers crossed for a trailer the next time we uh, you know, interact with each other. And of course, as Ernie Hudson reminds us on a regular basis, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. 